I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. Keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself. Do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And it is an incredible treat to be here today. We have with us... Richard Rudd. Richard, how are you? I'm very happy to be here, Amrit. Lovely to meet you and uh, and to meet your audience. Oh, my God. It is such a pleasure for me to have you here for the first time here today. For those tuning into Richard for the first time, in 2019, he was named one of the world's uh, top 100 most spiritual influential living people. Having drunk the Kool-Aid myself, uh, becoming a Gene Keys guide, so to speak, 
I would have to contend this. Uh, I believe that to be quite conservative. In my personal experience, at the very least, which is something I can speak for, um, he is one of the top five influential speak people in my own personal life. Um, and I can say that if we were looking amongst the living, I can say that with greater and greater certainty, absolutely. Um, this is His body of work has had a profound effect on my life. Um, and so he's a teacher, a mystic, an award-winning poet. He's travelled and studied around the world, which has then coalesced into the Gene Keys. It took him seven years to write the first book and understand its teaching and applications. He continues today to expand the wisdom that was here as a student of the Gene Keys while teaching it all around the world. Richard, welcome here today. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Look, I'm going to, I mentioned this earlier, I'm going to struggle today to, like I said, colour within the lines because there is so much in the Gene Keys. It is so rich and there is so much that we can unpack and open up to and unfold. Um, but having experienced so much of its work firsthand, there's a really yummy spot for the art of contemplation. Now, there's a gorgeous little book that you've put out in the world. Um, it is 80 pages long as a hard book, um, but 60 pages, I feel, is actually the heart of actually learning what's in there and there's some added exercises in there, which isn't, um, isn't a lot, actually, when you start to uh, break it down, which is really a gift because I think... <laughs> I myself will put my hand up and say sometimes I have the attention span of a demented bull ant. Um, so it's, uh, it's really nice to have something so concise yet so potent, um, which has been really useful. And I'm going to try and stick to the art of contemplation as a conversation today. So with that in mind, um, I run the risk of already running out of the lines, but for those that are tuning into your work for the first time, especially in the Inspired Evolution, we haven't had this conversation a lot about the Gene Keys, except for those that have been coached by myself. What would you say are the Gene Keys? Yeah, I mean, there are lots of different ways to always to answer that mm. question. Um, just depends on how I'm feeling the day. Mm. Um, in a way, they're a kind of technology um, yeah. and um, that you can apply to your life um but they're a right brain kind of technology so they you know they it it the technology is actually us inside mm -hmm. us so they kind of activate the the higher components that are inside us so if you look at us even as a you know as kind of software you know or mm -hmm. hardware then um by using the gene keys you can you you know you're literally awakening algorithms inside us that we're dormant and those algorithms lead to transformation, <clears throat> personal transformation. And when I say algorithms, people often don't know what that really means. Mm. <clears throat> they're, they're kind of awakening sequences that are mm. embedded inside human beings. And, and again, when I say awakening sequences, that sort of might also sound mysterious. It means really um, personal transformation, you know. So our life is, is, is littered with... Um, all kinds of avenues for for growth and transformation and and in fact the thing that is right in front of you right now the most challenging thing in your life right now whoever you are listening to this that is where your awakening sequence is mm -hmm. is currently wanting to kind of come from so the jinkies reflect like a mirror back to you um what it is that you need to be focusing on so that you can ignite that transformation Instead of it being something that then weighs you down or is a difficulty or a crisis mm. or a heavy thing, it becomes the opposite. It becomes a launch pad, you know, to something wonderful, something miraculous, something incredible. And that really changes the whole of your life, doesn't it? 
It really does. Even just the, yeah, uh, the connotations of invitation, um, the core fundamental tenet of curiosity that's in there. Um, and yeah, I think one of the earliest, and I, like, I'm actually reflecting back as you were giving your response, thank you so much, was you mentioned the word personal and it's it continues to blow me away. Um, the different people that I've sat with that have come to this work and literally just done their hologenetic profile. I'll put a link in the show notes for people to be able to go do theirs. Um, and just the intimacy that's already being created between them and a digital screen, which is in many instances more profound than it's ever been between them and digital screen ever before. I have noticed, you know, it's this really, whoa, and they lean in and it's like, whoa, that, I just put in my date and my name, like, wait, what? Like that. And it really is a very personal signature and journey that is elicited, um, yeah, through this this journey that is the Gene Keys. I guess my, um, my next little question would be, do you reflect back? And I guess the question is sort of providing some context. So look back, looking back at the Richard that was potentially eight to 10 years old, do you ever reflect back on that Richard and say, oh, yep, you know, there are certain elements that that Richard has sort of always had that has sort of elicited this body of work into the world? Um, yeah, do you look back at some of those and can you provide us some context? I think sometimes, or even a bit younger, um, mm, please. I kind of, um, I was, you know, like I, I was, I had a very privileged childhood in a way. So, uh, you know, although there were difficulties, um, I was very joyous, I think, you know, and, mm. and um, as young children are can be given the right conditions. And I think enough of that sort of stayed through my, has stayed through my life. And, so I was able to kind of rekindle a lot of that natural joy, um, and 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 bring it into these teachings because I think you know that that was why to keep it simple, you know, because in a way we, as I said, started by saying we are the technology, mm. um, and we're we're very focused on everything out there, you know, all the technology out there and how wonderful it is, and um, but it doesn't, you know, it improves our kind of quality of life in some respect but in other respects it can easily take away our quality of life you know and that simplicity of the joyousness of a human yeah. being you know so humans you know the, the indigenous people for example who are, who live w close to the earth um who don't have very much technology um even though they may struggle in many ways um there's a you can when you meet them and you spend time with them there's a natural joyousness that's there mm. and it that is our that's in every human being and um and it's the child inside us um and that that eternal child you know and if we can find that in modern life that's an incredible <laughs> thing to find you know and and if we can like a plant water that again and and help that inner child to grow and you know because it's so easily lost it's the mm. it's the it's the bottom of most agendas mm -hmm. um you know that level of innocent freedom i mean we look for it we search for it in, in so many places and ways mm. and and yet here it is <laughs> always there how can we you know how can we remember that as many times as possible in our day 
that that's really what I came to for myself. You know, so I, I used myself as a first student, as you said, mm-hmm. as an example. Like I wanted, because there were times in my life where I just completely lost my way. Mm. And I wanted to have a reminder mm-hmm. um, that helped me kind of get through some of those difficult periods and then really kind of set that inner child glowing again, mm. you know, on fire you know, mm-hmm. a bright fire so that, that mm-hmm. fire wouldn't go out easily again. And I think that's, that's what the gene keys are for in a way. They're, mm-hmm. they're here to kind of kindle that fire in us and mm-hmm. in lots of different ways, as you said, lots of different avenues, Yeah, but it's all the same reason underneath, you know? Yeah. And so on that journey, you've obviously come across or fallen into or, acquainted yourself with this path of contemplation when did you first recognize contemplation as a practice is the way i'm going to word that question because i'm sure you've you'll probably whip in some ways i feel yeah i should just ask the question and let it leave it alone but really (laughs) contemplation is something that oftentimes we think we're doing a lot of the time just in our everyday like people do sort of associate themselves with the word contemplation but as we're going to find out in this podcast the art of contemplation is quite the art um when did you find yourself uh practicing contemplation and kind of what was the context that then built into that that you felt um yeah well i think major milestones yeah (laughs) i think like many of us um i took you know young in my 18 18 years old or something i i started to be curious about spiritual things and so and and i traveled and journeyed around the world um (laughs) but, but i was lucky enough to be able to do that um, and and studied lots of different things with different teachers and things and I did lots of yoga and the meditation and and retreats and all those sort of things and studied with great teachers mm-hmm. and through all that period of my life um, I kind of tried all these different things like you know traditional vipassana meditations from mm-hmm. the Buddhist traditions and um, yogic techniques and things and all and you know all those sort of things. And after a certain amount of time, I think when you're on that path, you settle into your own kind of way. Mm. And um, it was, it took a while, it takes a long time, I think, to mature, to find your own way, because there's all this, you know, we're we're trying these things. And then eventually, you know, you discover that no matter how great those teachers or teachings are or how much they work for another person, Mm-mm. you have to eventually settle with your way and, and yeah. trust in your way. And that means sometimes you have to leave teachers, which I've had to do and leave teachings mm-hmm. and disappoint people. And because you have to be true to your own way. And I came to my way, which I call mm. the way of contemplation or the art of contemplation, mm. um, because I wanted a word really that signified my, the, you know, the way that I was on. And it was very broad and mm. quite simple. And I I also noticed it. A lot of other people would seem to be on a similar one, mm-hmm. you know, so I think that more of us are contemplative people than we realize, you know, mm-hmm. so they are most of, as you said, many of us are doing the art of contemplation or following it. And mm-hmm. um, because it's a very, you know, and, and contemplation can include meditation and it can include yogic techniques and it can include just about anything, 
Prayer, anything that yeah. anything that we any tool that we pick up and we want to use for self-awareness or growth mm-hmm. that that is contained within the arena of contemplation you know so contemplation is it's not just you know you might think oh it's just thinking about things deeply and that's that's one tiny part of it mm. it's an art you know i call it the art of contemplation because an art requires mastery over a long period of time you know and you can't it's not about techniques only there are techniques but mm-hmm. the techniques are just they're not they're just to get you into the space of contemplation mm-hmm. it's, it really i mean it's contained in the etymology of the word in a way it means you know con means to go to go with mm-hmm. and then or to go into and then temple templum is the inner temple the temple mm. so it means to come inside one's own temple you know and and that's what it is it's, <laughs> it, it is an it is the inner journey so the art mm. of contemplation is a broad way of seeing oh wow i have my own way and it's filled with all kinds of things and it's changing as well so this today i pick up this technique I may have used this one. I may be using only one technique. I may be mm. using many. I may not be using any techniques. Yeah. You know, um, or, you know, all of that is my contemplative arena. But the thing that we all have in common is that we're all looking inwardly. You know, mm. that's what it is. We're all going into this inner space and finding something in there, you know, and, and it's challenging also going in. <laughs> because we do find stuff and then we find difficult things in, inside, you know, and that's where it kind of begins in a way. That's what the jinkies help us. Like they help us to begin with looking at the shadow, looking at the, the discomforts that are inside us, you know, and, and that's in a way, sorry, I'll finish that. That's why in a way meditation yeah. can be very uncomfortable for, mm-hmm. especially for Westerners, because when we slow down enough to just sit still and close our eyes and go inside, we immediately are confronted with our intense restlessness and discomfort mm. mm-hmm. because we we haven't been leading a contemplative life. Mm. If you then are able to live and start living a contemplative life, and we can talk about that, what that looks like, mm-hmm. then it's a hell of a lot easier just to drop into that meditative space when and as you need to. Mm. And you don't actually have to do it in any traditional way either. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can it can be a moving thing. It can, it doesn't have to be a, a formal thing. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, let's 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 go there. Let's pick on that thread of what we think it looks like. Because uh, yeah, you mentioned earlier on in that piece, which is um, yeah, that many people that you noticed are potentially already doing it in some way. And I felt myself in this, um, you know, even in this modern world. And you know, it, we do run the risk of making it sound and look somewhat monastic. Um, in in the description of you know consistently but even just the simple effect of me picking a particular topic watching the certain challenges that my life is presenting and just circulating youtube videos again and again and again and again and reading books again and again on that particular topic to really try and infuse that wisdom and then sort of reflecting on what i've written what i've watched what i've read and you know and just allowing that to sort of stew and brew was something that i was doing prior to coming to the gene keys however uh, having a bit more of a formula around or even just labeling it um, as a path has really been um, quite heart opening and heartwarming um, to sort of know that I'm not just sort of like rattling around. Um, so yeah, you articulated that potentially we can unpack what it what it looks like. Um, 
because yeah, I know that I'm sometimes contemplating when I'm filling in the gas. <laughs> you know, so it it doesn't necessarily have to be a monistic lifestyle at all. Um, I'll no, leave, I'll leave you to answer the question. Yeah, please. Yeah, no, it can be very ordinary, um, and it can be extraordinary. I I think you know I identified in my little book there two sort of two real ways in which you can steer your contemplation mm. you know one is what you said it's like if you have a conundrum or a challenge or a difficulty or something that's really hurting or causing you pain that is an excellent thing to contemplate mm. because then then you're going towards it rather than trying to distract yourself away from it and and so opening up to that, even just the act of saying, I'm going to consciously look into this. I'm going to be with it. I mean, I remember the teacher, great teacher Ramdas, mm. lovely man, saying one day where he he was describing making friends with his neuroses, mm. you know, his various neuroses. And he said, you know, I invite them in for tea. Yeah. You know, when I meet one, I say, come on in and have a seat and come and have a cup of tea with me. You know? <laughs> and then he's like, I really like that because it's like he's sitting next to his neuroses. Processes, uh, but yeah. it's not like overpowering him he's just yeah, he sort of looking at it and going it. yeah yeah and he's sort of going okay let's get to know each other a little bit <laughs> mm. and and then kind of and then it's gone and another one comes <laughs> and, <laughs> but in a way that's that attitude is mm. the contemplative attitude it, it creates a space you know, a, a, a certain vacancy, I don't mean that in like an emptiness, but a space, a spaciousness inside us so that we it's, we can look at it. And even like on the front of the book, you see like there's these all these dots and there's one in the middle. Mm -hmm. And it's like we create that space like a big still lake. You know, mm -hmm. we put all that space inside us. And then in the middle, we drop this one pebble. And that pebble is the thing that's troubling us. And then we look at the ripples and we learn from them and we really examine them, but we have to create that space for it first. And as you said, you know, that space can be um, while you're filling up the gas. It can be when you're doing it, it's 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 going about your daily thing. Mm. But, you know, whatever it is you do, no matter how busy you are, you can still be contemplating something in the background in, of your unconscious. So you begin with a process and you say, I'm going to look at this and, and then you start the journey and then you forget about it and then it comes back and then you talk you talk it through you self-reflect you use a tool you know whether you're using gene keys or anything else and you keep looking at it over time and that's what does the magic you have mm -hmm. to stay with it you know um another story i told once was a, a zen master i was with um a western zen master and i don't remember his name because i was younger but he was holding this little uh, Victorian ring case, you know, the, the, those uh, lovely wedding rings and things. Oh, yes. used to come in these lovely little cases. They still yeah. do probably. And the old ones, the Victorian ones, had all these like um, folds of velvet on them and stuff, and you pick them up. and And he was he was holding this ring case, and he was, and he and it was because they're closed, right? And you can't. And the little button that opens mm. it is hidden somewhere mm. in the folds. And so he's holding this ring case and he's just kind of caressing it as he's talking. And he's going, I know there's a treasure in here <laughs> and I'm just like holding it and caressing it. And suddenly his finger light alights on that tiny little button and he presses it and then ping, yeah. it opens up and there's this beautiful ring in there. <laughs> and he said that is, and he, that was his way of describing the art of contemplation because 
we take that thing and then we caress it, but we don't really know how and when it's going to open and show its secrets. Mm. But we're doing that in our everyday life. And we're just kind of holding a focus, but gently mm. and playfully even, you know, so that we're allowing ourselves to forget about it because we don't, you know, even mm. when we go about our daily life, it's still there in the back of our unconscious. And it's often when we're busy doing something else, and then we suddenly stop and there's a pause or a gap, then it pops up and the, possibly an insight then occurs. And that's the first stage of contemplation, insight. Mm. When an insight comes, you're like, and it comes usually suddenly, you're like, oh, I'd never seen it like that. Yeah. You know, I'd never seen my crisis in that way, for example. Mm. And, and then that little shift begins to kind of open up more and more of, um inner revelations or wisdom that's inside us you know and that's a that's the magical process of the mm. art of contemplation that it's it's a path of wisdom you know and it's the, it is the path of wisdom because we mm. have huge amounts of wisdom inside us mm -hmm. and we're looking out there always for wisdom <laughs> someone like out there or someone with a teaching or something you know and and actually it's it's really it's, there's a vast store of wisdom inside every human being so you need a tool that points you inwards so mm. that that wisdom will emerge, but it'll only it won't emerge under any pressure. This is what I've realized. I mean, there may be techniques, you know, like there are more yogic techniques which apply vast pressure, you know, mm. ascetic techniques, right? Mm -hmm. That's not my way that, or the way of contemplation. The way of contemplation is gentle, it is. you know, it's gentle and very patient mm. and gentleness and patience are what actually create that space that spaciousness so that whatever it is that's inside us can emerge in its own time and in its own way and that's really the practice mm. i love it and it's super inviting for those that are tuning in for the first time to the practice maybe feeling that resistance to actually looking inwards um especially when with the example we took because and you mentioned there's two paths and there is looking at the, the challenges in your life, but then also the aspirations and the inspirations that help you inspire and draw breath and pull you forward in life. But for specifically staying with the tangent of currently, um, you know, facing up to our challenges, for some people it's quite confronting and the invitation is not super present. What do you say to those people, Richard, to encourage them to have a look inwards and be with yeah, the uncomfortable I stuff? It's like, um, you know, it's, it's it, it, these things, these discomforts in our life, these challenges are actually in the body. They're, they're mm. in the physical body. And we don't often realize that, you know, they come up and we feel them move through our nervous system and then they become worries and anxieties and, and quiverings and, you know, and all the, and they, and they can become, you know, really difficult health problems, like, you know, after a while and, and addictions and all kinds of patterns, you know, that we have, um, mm. And, and so they're in the physical body, they're in the DNA. And that's why my system called the gene keys, because it's mm. all in, in our DNA. So if there's trauma patterns deeply, deeply kind of embedded in our DNA at some place and that, and they doesn't, you know, we don't actually have to know how they got there. They probably got there in our childhood or possibly if you want to be mystical, that we even carry them from our ancestry, mm. some of the deeper ones. You know, mm -hmm. and um, and so the question is like how to approach them, and it's like it, it like 
their wounds in a way. And, and I would approach them in the same way as one might approach a wounded animal, you know, because that's what we are. We're kind of wounded animals. Mm. And, I, and so you, when you approach a wounded animal, you approach quietly, gently with, with, you know, imagine a little puppy that's just kind of, you mm. know, terrified or has just kind of speared itself on something yeah. and you, and it's kind of going whimpering stuff you don't rush up to it you go really <laughs> quietly and gently and really help it to feel safe and then it starts to trust you mm-hmm. and then you can hold it and you can take care of it and that's us we have to approach ourselves like that and our body like that so we need practices that and help us to take care of our body take care of our emotions take care of ourselves and that begins with us doing it that begins with us taking care of ourselves, taking care of our bodies. Really, So, you know, when we start down that path, it's really powerful because for many of us, we haven't been doing that. We're so distracted out there mm. that we've forgotten just to take really good care of ourselves. And so there's so many ways in which we might begin that journey, whether it's booking a massage or whether it's taking up yoga or whether it's literally just lying on our bed with our hands on our belly and just breathing and just going, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, or whatever it is, whatever way you take care, it might be taking a hot bath, you know, in the middle of the day, or it might be whatever you need for yourself, whatever your body needs so that it can feel like you're taking care of it. That's that self care is the very beginning of how we create the space for contemplative healing. You know, and it's contemplation is not the same as therapy. You know, mm-hmm. it is therapeutic, but it's mm-hmm. not the path of therapy. It might involve therapy, you know, mm-hmm. and therapists, but it's wider. You know, it's very therapeutic, but it's it's bigger. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than just that. You know, it's it, it's a, it's self-care and that that has to begin sort of in our soul, really. Mm-hmm. It's a decision that we have to take in our soul i am going to take care of myself right now from this day forward i'm going to start you know and and that means you know i, I yes i have got problems i have got issues I, you know i'm going to i'm going to look at them i'm going to tackle them i'm going to i'm going to get help you know often mm. that's what it is is i'm going to find help i'm going to ask for support i'm going you know uh, you know and then we go out and that's part of our journey mm-hmm. is asking for support and help whether it's professional, whether it's, you know, wherever it comes from, might be our friends, might be just opening up to someone in a way that we never have before. Um, But it starts with us, doesn't it? Like it starts with us taking care of ourselves. And yeah, so I want people to really get that, 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 that contemplation is not complicated. It's, it's literally, it's self love, Mm. um, self respect, self esteem, rebuild self esteem, you know, to how to rebuild self-esteem. That's going to take a while. Mm. You know, you have, you have to be patient with yourself. You go, okay, I'm not going to get a quick fix here. No one's going to suddenly save me. It's going to take a while. So I'm here for the long term, you know, and, and that's why all my work with the Gene Keys and all of it, it's like all based on time, you know, and patience. Mm. You've you got to realize that you don't get quick a quick fix these are these are old wound patterns and they won't go away quickly but it, 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 ironically they'll go the, the gentler and the more patient you are <laughs> the quicker they will kind of come to resolution yeah so 
it's a very sweet journey to be on very easy there's no one that can't do it there's no one that can't begin it contemplation is for everyone mm. doesn't require you sit in a room a dark room on your own and do something really difficult mm. <laughs> no, it the, really doesn't the time piece is a really interesting reflection i was reflecting back when i signed up for my first um online virtual retreat uh, with gene keys and it was like four months to do uh four different keys and i was like Come on, man, I can read four chapters in a night. <laughs> I look yeah. back at that and I was like, I can read four chapters in a night. What are we doing four months and four keys? And then I remember, I still remember yeah. the, the, the pivot when it was like I was going through it. And after the first month, the second key had rolled around. And I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not ready for the second key yet. <laughs> Found your rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah the the taking the time and the patience is a is definitely definitely a real it's actually a it really is, yummy piece it's mm. joyous it is so joyous mm. you know when you are able to slow down inside yourself your breathing deepens your mind clears you know mm. all the things that you've dreamed of like begin to occur your heart softens and mm. opens and you start to you start to feel at peace again, and it's it it is not rocket science. It mm. never has been. You know, we we are told that it's this is going to take you, you know, twenty years in a monastery or you know doing this <laughs> technique, and you know, and you're like, this is really, you know, actually a lot of the time it's just about, you know, pausing mm. in your everyday life more often, doing things for yourself. Um, perhaps being in nature, paying attention to nature. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of really great invitations, like, in, you know, in the back of my little book, there's lots yeah. of like um, little invitations of like, here's some things you might like to do that are just so simple yeah. and so obvious that none of us ever do them. I'm like one, one of them is like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'll give yeah. you an example. And then you can yeah. tell me one yeah. of your favorites, Please. but one of my favorites is, is, is involving, um, light you know the the contemplative way is is all connected to light and mm. and the kind of moving of light in our life so the sun and the moon and the stars and a lot of the time we don't have we don't give ourselves the space to spend time in the in those special lights so the special lights are dawn mm. or dusk um or moonlight or starlight, or candlelight, or firelight. You know, mm. all those different lights, those are those are crepuscular lights, you know, because they're 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 borderland lights. Mm. And when we spend time, even like half an hour, just sitting, just sitting in that with a candle flame, and you know, it it increases that that it, it's something in our brain that's that immediately relaxes and feels at peace, or starlight. You know, moonlight, um, it begins a process inside us that enhances contemplation. And it's as simple as that. Like, so if you, you know, even if you work, if you live in the city um, and the busiest time of day is often um, either early in the morning or late at night in the mm. evening as, as, as night is falling. And, you know, if you were to go outside in a park and watch night fall, <laughs> I tell you, you'll be like, wow, why don't I do this every day? Mm. <laughs> I feel so good after doing that. Mm. Um, 
and it's 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 a very simple thing that you know contemplation requires very simple things in order for us and then and they're littered throughout our everyday life that's just one example mm-hmm. what have you found ways that you yeah there's a there's two in particular that i've that have really hit me in in the sweet spot recently um lingering is one lingering is one that you mentioned and yeah just taking that extra tell us what lingering is for you so lingering is it's really easy actually like i'll go along to an event or i'll be sitting with someone and you know we'll be having a conversation or i'll be at an event i've been networking with a bunch of people and towards the end like every invitation is for me to leave and yeah i won't i'll just sort of stay and i'll stay in the energy of the space for a little bit longer i'll look at a painting on the wall i'll just sort of linger and there's every impulse to sort of get away and do the next thing and the mind's like yep come on hurry up off you go Amrit. come on chop chop and it's like yeah i i see ya but this was really sweet and it's almost like you know when you take that bite of the apple and you're always doing it but then when you do the mindful exercise of like sort of chewing it and savoring it the lingering has been a really an invitation to savor moments to a great deal and then what i find is and we'll talk about pausing and insight and the relationship between the two but i do find that it gives me this opportunity for things to sort of i don't want to say crescendo in but sort of come together in a really nice way instead of me just flicking off onto the next thing so lingering has been a really really powerful one and also noticing my i'm i'm an engineer by qualification so I always look for efficiencies. <laughs> yeah, this is like everything is efficiencies. And there's always like to get from A to B the most efficient way. And one of the invitations in the book is to take the long way round. And it's been real medicine. The long cut. Yeah, the long, <laughs> the long cut instead of the shortcut. And it's been real medicine actually to sort of go, you know what? I'm a, I'm going to go the wrong way to go the right way for a little bit, you know? Um, and just sort of watch everything that comes up, but then also the space and the time that it affords me. And even like you mentioned, the, it's a subtle thing, but the relationship that it builds with myself, that I'm worth the scenic route or that I'm worth a little bit extra of my time to be spent with me, to be enjoying the time that I'm spending with myself and that I'm not just the doer. I'm also being and enjoying my being. Um, those are two that have, yeah, really been very present for me those are lovely yeah yeah i, love those. Yeah. I so mean i love the, the the simplicity of them as well yeah because anyone can do those things mm. and you know actually and you talk about efficiency you know slowing down actually creates more efficiency <laughs> it's it's an it's a paradox this is probably one of the biggest things i have gotten from the art of contemplation richard um please if you could expand on that because i would love to share my thoughts on this yeah after you. well it's like um you know the fundamental um you know, the only thing you really need to know, and if, if there's nothing else you remember from this talk, you know, then mm. let it be this, that, you know, the foundation of the art of contemplation is pausing, the mm. ability to pause. And, you know, the more pauses that we have in, in our everyday life, the more relaxed we will feel. And a pause can be literally just a breath. It can be as short as a breath. It can be mm. a... <sighs> that is a perfect pause right that and then there are longer pauses you know like you mentioned lingering where you're deliberately kind of milking 
the aftermath of something or an event or a dinner or something or wherever you are mm. and you and you linger there with and and there's magic that occurs in that moment where things have ended but they haven't mm. <laughs> um and um and and so pausing becomes like a really important powerful thing and and i talk about it as um harvesting pauses mm. you know in our everyday life because they're there already mm -hmm. and so we have to find them and they they're coming to us all the time from you know life especially in between um different tasks that we're doing mm -hmm. you know so when you finish a task you know it's like you were saying like there's a moment there's a possibility of a pause between this task and the next task and that pause you could do lots of choices there are things you could do but if you run straight to the next task without having a pause and the pause might be a conversation with someone it might be time spent with one of your friends it might be like oh i've got a spare five minutes do you want to just hang out you know have a cup of tea whatever like it you know or it's the, it's those simple things um or the friend of mine or not friend but the guy i met who read my book and is a new york cab driver and said it changed his life because every time now he comes to a red light he's like ah oh, a pause <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, instead of like going, come on, come on, I want to get part, I want to get on. You know, yeah. Uh, he's like, wow, these the pauses are everywhere. I found it. You know? So <laughs> yeah, so it's about harvesting them, mm. and and noticing them, and becoming a uh, you know becoming a real hunter for them in a mm. way, so that you find. And the more you find, this is the the paradox is, you would think that that would kind of you know you you you'd be taking up more time in your day but actually mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're pumping more time into your day it's a strange thing it's like you're pumping this time into your day and when you get to the end of a day that's had lots of pauses you feel really relaxed you feel like mm -hmm. it was a good day you know <laughs> a, a day without any pauses you just hit the sack and you're like exhausted and you have no place for like what happened today you know mm -hmm. you're just on to the next day right so pausing is a really powerful powerful practice it always has been it's mm. you know many many cultures have have kind of harnessed it and mm. it's there like if you get the most relaxed people mm. are the people who are pausing often you know who are hanging out together under the tree talking they're not always always working they're not mm. always always obsessed with activity you know and by the way pauses can also be activity Mm -hmm. you know so a run can be a pause a swim can be a pause you know it pauses can be moving as well mm -hmm. because it's about the quality of our awareness that's what a pause is the quality of our awareness is that we are actually mindful when we're pausing you know and so it can be many things um and it's also kind of fun looking for them you know so there can be a playfulness about oh i, I you know i have haven't paused you know for a while and you suddenly remember and you're like oh god i'm tired you know i need to kind of stop mm. and um and then you stop for a moment it doesn't really it, it really doesn't matter what you do in that stop or for how long you know, mm. you, know you pause but it's it's that's such a powerful practice that, that alone can transform a person's life mm. completely in mysterious ways and and what you find is that you've you come into rhythm you come into you know there's a rhythm that all life operates in on this earth you know some people call it you know the schumann resonance they talk about which is the resonance of gaia it's a it's a frequency and so when you pause often 
because nature pauses often you look yeah. you, you you watch nature anyone like you watch nature you watch any insect you watch any bird animal leaf anything it the wind everything it just sort of everything just comes to a stop every now and again everything mm-hmm. like watch a fly it comes to, it comes and it lands on you and it's like you brush it away and as it comes back you're like why is it doing that <laughs> like it comes and it just pauses on you yeah. and animals do everything so mm. everything is in this pausing natural rhythm because every mm. because if you don't pause you don't hear you don't survive you don't thrive you know like animals pause because it because they then become super aware of their environment they hear their senses are tuned so it's actually a survival thing as well as thriving and it's part of finding rhythm so when a human pauses in their everyday life we come into a different rhythm we come into a more natural flowing rhythm and then out of that natural flowing rhythm our decisions flow more clearly our mind is clearer our words come out in the right timing and cadence you know and way our emotions are more kind of rhythmic as well Mm. rather than more tempestuous and kind of overwhelming so everything, our whole biosystem starts to come into flow. And that's what pausing does. It brings mm. us into flow. And that's beautiful. That's simple. Anyone can do that. A couple of things in there. So point one of the art of contemplation, step one, pillar one is to pause for those tuning in. And then also one of the key things you'll notice within the art of contemplation, what we've been discussing, meditation, even therapy, filling up the gas, taking these moments to pause in the car. These are all moments that we can take, like opportunities to pause, whether it's going for a run, going for a walk. A pause can look just about anything. And it is literally as simple as um, as just stopping to take a breath to sigh. It can be a micro pause, a macro pause, anything that, like you said, is like a conscious moment to drop in and look inwards with yourself. Um, for me, it's been, it's been really, really yummy as a practice. And the, the, the piece about going slow to go fast, I did write a poem about it, but I'm too nervous, to, <laughs> too shy to share it. <laughs> but something about the, the element of, yeah, just allowing yourself to pause. Then to oftentimes my pauses are associated, I notice, with a sigh. It's like the minute I pause, I sigh. And you mentioned this in the book, um, which is just like you'll notice your nervous system is going, oh, yeah, <laughs> we're back, you know. And from there, knowing everything within me knows that I've got a clear head from that place. And from there, I just have better decision-making. And I'm going to go twice as fast. Like, just take a second to pause to go faster. Even my left brain logic can really sink into that and really start to convince itself that this is a practice for me. And then the heart of it really, when I was reading the book the first time, I remember just how much that spoke to me. Like I just, I almost like, you know, you have those slap yourself in the face moments, which is the the nature piece, which is like, ah, oh, oh, it's still like, yes. I'd like the minute the book said like, just like you articulated, everything in nature pauses all the time. And like my mind was like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember all the time that I've witnessed something in nature. Stop and just pause. It happens all the time. The wind, the animals—it's happening all the time, and it was just like a real invitation. Oh, that's your—that's your natural nature. Like that's—that's that's an invitation there. So, we've discussed pausing as the fundamental sort of hallowed ground to start the path of contemplation with. There is a gift that emerges from uh, pausing, 
which is insight. Would you love to sort of describe the how that may potentially emerge from pausing? Mm. How the gift yeah, sure. emerges. Yeah, there's a lovely word that in Japanese they call it satori mm. um, from Zen, and satori is a lovely word because, and we call it insight, and that's one way of translating it. But you could also look at it as a breakthrough mm. or a kind of inner opening. Um, and um, it, well, there was one translation: light flashed through the mind. You know, I like that one. Light flashing through the mind, a kind of illumination lit up from within, and mm. so. In those pauses, we can have pivotal experiences, mm. you know, so the more pauses we create in our month, let's say, mm -hmm. the more chance there is that in one of those pauses, one of these magical moments of grace will occur to us. And mm. grace is something that's outside of our experience of understanding. Mm. You know, it's beyond the logic of the left brain. Um, it it is something spontaneous, mysterious. Um, it, it's a part of nature as well, um, that every now and again, in a pause, a kind of a moment of grace happens to us, you know, and that moment of grace could be many different things. You know, if, if we're contemplating um, some difficult aspect of our nature, <clears throat> and we're doing that on an ongoing basis, mm. as we discovered, as we discussed earlier, in one of those moments where you've forgotten about it, suddenly something comes up. It might be a memory. It might be someone comes to you and says something and looks in your eye. It might be a stranger. It could be any event that you that is outside of your control that occurs that triggers a moment of spontaneous inner revelation, you know, where probably you will either have a big insight about your life or you might find yourself in tears um, of kind of release or joy, or you might just feel lit up from inside in some way or quite ecstatic. You know, that joy of your childhood suddenly reemerges like mm. in a rush or a breakthrough, or, you know, we call them pivotal moments mm. and they're really powerful and you can't predict them all you, mm. and you can't create them. All you can mm. do is create the conditions for them to possibly occur mm. and if you create enough conditions they will occur mm -hmm. <laughs> they will you know and you know um yeah it's a love it's it's a it's a wonderful practice you know um and so that's really that's that that's really the the more magical part of of this and i mean i i always think we should bring this into the business world because mm. <laughs> i'd like to have i'd like to instigate bit paid to pause <laughs> I think people should be paid to pause. I mean, I tell Elon Musk this, right? Yeah. Because like all those people that are driving, 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 mm. you've got to work more, you've push, got to work push, more push. hours. Like the opposite is the truth. Mm. Like the more people pause, the more efficient they become, the more relaxed they become, the more joyful they become, the more the culture of the place they're working in becomes easier and then the more efficient the whole team becomes you know so so that it, instead of being driven by this left brain we're kind of we're relaxing more into the mystery of the right brain and then we and then we open up to these magical breakthroughs where that where a whole team starts to kind of come together in coherence mm. and, and there's no way you could engineer that mm -hmm. <laughs> unless you create that condition those conditions of of like easiness 
you know, no, I'm not saying doing nothing. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not saying no boundaries. I'm just saying an ease, an easeful feeling, you know, a feeling of freedom and creativity and flow. Mm. And that's what creates coherence in groups, you know, um, spontaneously. And that's where you get really powerful breakthroughs. That's where genius starts to emerge from that <laughs> space. You know, so it's incredible what contemplation can lead to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you no. Know? Anyway, so that, yeah, I hope that kind of answers that yeah, question. I love that. And then, like you said, the pivoting is one of the second big, like is a big part of the emotional aspect of emotion, mentally pausing, allowing ourselves to pause emotionally and going through a pivot. And then the breakthrough that emerges on the other side of that is, yeah, through, and like you said, we can't really, um, can't really engineer a pivot. But what we can do is, like you said, harvest the pauses and allow those moments to be possible. And it becomes a matter of odds. I remember when I first started my practice of meditation, I would sort of connect to the feeling of like I was meditating one in five times. And I remember teaching people meditation and then they would say, oh, I'm not getting it and I only get it every now and then. And maybe I was just the right kind of kooky for meditation. But what I found was I was just excel at, like for me, it was like, okay, I've just got to sit those four times, get them in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I can get to that fifth time, which is when I feel like I really connect, which is, you know, one in every five-ish, I sort of felt something. Um, and I was just hungry to get those four under my belt and out of the way so I could connect for that really yummy time. And I know that there's no formula for pausing. I don't want to say it happens one in five, you'll get a pivot, but it's almost like an encouragement to, yeah, just cultivate those pauses to allow yourself to pivot to ultimately break through and then allow things to really embody into your life. Now, this became a really, um, it's, it's very intuitive reading through the book in terms of how you can understand this to be the way when you go from pausing to pivoting and having a breakthrough to then merging. Um, but when you look at it from the outside, they do look like these very sort of two ends of a straw almost because you've gone from something that was the world of ideas, which is when you've got an idea to pause and just take a moment to slow down my mental state and cultivating more of those through time allows you to pivot, have breakthroughs, move through stuff. And then it starts to actually shift. Like you said, your physical world, the way you show up in the world, you're slower, you're connected to the biorhythms of the world, you approach problems very differently, you sit back, you allow yourself sometimes 24 hours, I do anyway now, 24 hours to really allow the problem to sink in before I start making hasty decisions. My decision making is much more different. I've merged with knowing that, oh, my initial response is anger or frustration at the, when this sort of problem is first presented and now I no longer even just engage with it I just sort of step back and that's for me was a, 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 what I'd identified as a bit of an epiphany and a realization for myself and allowing the wisdom to sort of merge into the 3D I have my own awareness of merging but can you tell us a little bit about how you see that sort of journey going from pause you've mentioned pivoting coming home all the way through to merging I know Again, once again, we can't engineer it. Um, and you mentioned that in the book as well. So it's a difficult topic to talk about. But can you elaborate on it a little bit for us? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, I think, you know, you have these, so these three stages and, and they're kind of inside each other, pausing, pivoting, merging. And 
Um, the merging is really not something that kind of happens. It, mm. it, it it's already there. We we all you know we hear these things like we already are one. You know mm. we already are merged in the field, the unified field of consciousness. And so this is really a bit more mystical, but it's also very physical um, because, again, as I said, it's in our physical body that we, you know, it's really about utter relaxation. <laughs> like as we kind of weed out some of the traumas that we carry through this this very simple practice of pausing and then having these pivotal experiences every time we have one of those it's like a weed has been pulled out of the garden <laughs> of our inner garden and so there's more space when a weed is pulled out you know and then um and in that and the more space we're creating inside us the more we come into realization of what we really are <laughs> you know that we are not just a, a sort of body moving through time and space we're actually there's a lot more behind us underneath us there's a spiritual kind of truth moving through us and that's what the merging ref refers to i think it's most often experienced as love mm. actually i think it's it, it's it's experienced as a feeling of love and connectedness to life you know not even like emotional love i'm not talking about sentimental love i'm talking about the kind of feeling that you're part of life and that this is your home mm. and that this body is your home and you feel at home in your home mm. and you feel at home in the even within the kind of chaos of humanity um because you know because your your roots are growing deep and this is what i mean when i said like when you spend time with people who live very closely to the earth mm. you know without mechanization in the way then that's the feeling <laughs> that you get you get mm. this feeling of like wow they're just they feel they have a sort of relaxedness about them and that's us we are those people all of us so we're we're actually just returning to our true nature as humans you mm. know humans who are you know we're we're heart we're heart you know we're, the human heart is just is beautiful and simple we're simple beings ultimately actually you know we, we, we have multi you know we have so many capacities but actually you know what we're really seeking in life is this simplicity simplicity mm -hmm. of being it's it's our it's our highest aspiration in some respect because even though we create all these complex things and they're very impressive and all that you know the only place we feel truly at home is just in this moment relaxed in this body being this being me being you know it's it's sort of simple mm. mysticism <laughs> um <laughs> of just you know it, there's there's nothing complicated about it and 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 so we it we become more stable you mm. know really so we, we we find a deep stability in our being in our body in our you know and a sense of ease and and out of that we become more like a child again you know, mm. we started talking about the inner child, and this is like we return to that kind of inner child, but the child is protected by the adult now. So, and the adult is knows how to take care of that child, you know, and and so we become a whole human being. You know, that that's what this is really about, becoming whole again mm. um, and healed in that sense.
you know, and then and then we can just live our lives, you know, whatever they are, it doesn't really matter, you know, because we have this, a deep sense of purpose of being here. Mm-hmm. And also, I think we feel a sense of our eternity, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the slightly mystical side of it. It's like, you know, the more we feel at home here as a human, the more we realize we aren't human only, you know, <laughs> that we are an eternal we have an eternal nature. There's a part of us that never dies, that can mm. never die, that has never died, that's eternal. Wow. When when one experiences that, I mean, that's mm. like epiphany. That's <laughs> self-realization. That's <laughs> enlightenment. That's whatever word you want to give it. It's that real is that true memory of what we truly are. You mm. know, we are we are kind of we are the whole. We are the divine. We are, you know, all those words we give it, you know, the, we are love, mm. <laughs> you know, those, that's an experience that isn't as far away as everyone makes out, you know, in fact, it's so close <laughs> <laughs> that all it requires is a very simple kind of set of algorithms, you know, mm. for us, pause, you know, pause often. Mm. And you'll begin to come and find yourself. You know, there was an old saying, wasn't there, with the and you know, in a Zen story or something, where the the um, the 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 young monk is kind of running towards his master or something, and his master says, "You know, you need to slow down." Mm. Um, and then he says, "What do you mean, master? You need to slow down because enlightenment isn't ahead of you; it's behind you." Only when you slow down enough will it catch you up. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. I love that. There's a a whole piece in there about simplicity and it really is one of the most gorgeous things in my humble opinion about the Gene Keys um, and this work and the art of contemplation and I'll be completely transparent with you, Richard. One of my one of my findings on this journey that I've been on um, for quite some time now um, pales in comparison to how long you've been on this path, nonetheless. But it, I'm still one of the mantras I've almost created for myself is if it's complicated, someone's really just trying to sell me something. <laughs> like it's really what I've come come to terms with. Like, oh, that sounds wonderfully complicated <laughs> my mind is really soaking in that now and i can see all the steps and the pieces and the bits and the bobs and the mechanisms and it's like okay what's really trying to be sold to me here um and then yeah i always come back to you know simplicity is really you know the the natural order of things um and the mind necessarily doesn't oh the mind is also an interesting conversation we can have today actually and i probably you will use that segue before i forget it is one of the realizations following your work is also the mind we often locate within the brain for a lot of people. And yet you've encouraged, or at least myself, potentially the community around the Gene Keys if they've tuned into this level of work, but that we are within the mind and that the mind is in fact a field. Can you unpack that teaching a little bit further? Well, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's a, it's an, an old, an ancient way of looking at mind. Mm. Um, you know, the, 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 they had a word for it in the Vedas called manas, 
and you know it's this field of the quantum field you could say is what physicists mm. are looking at you know the quantum field or the the um dark matter you know the thing that interconnects everything the, the that is the that is the mind the world mind and our you know we're a receiver of that mind you know our receiving dish is up here so we set the frequency that we receive you know, so if we tune our radio to, you know, to a high frequency, then we will receive high frequency energies, you know, and high high frequency insights. And mm. and if we set it to low frequency, you know, if we are kind of in a victim pattern, then we will draw in victim patterns. We will draw in relationships that are based mm. on those those belief systems that we have unconscious often and and so it's it's how our mind sees things that is kind of critical to the you know to the life that swirls around us and the people that we attract and the events and the things and that doesn't mean that if something bad happens to us it's because we've had a bad thought it's that's it's not as simple as that hmm. um because sometimes things happen uh in order to you know in fact everything happens in order to awaken us at some mm -hmm. level right mm -hmm. everything um, everything serves our higher purpose ultimately you know it's just how deeply are we prepared to journey into that whatever it is mm. and so yeah our mind is is a it, it's not just a kind of brain by a computer it 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 has you know it has connections um everywhere throughout the universe you know we, we as you said it we live within the mind so it's about how we, what do we, you know, this is one of the things you learn with Gene Keys. How do you attune your mind? Mm. And the mind does, the mind does, um, it does enjoy complexity. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, it and it kind of, and then in a way, when you come to Gene Keys, one of the first things you see is you see a lot of stuff and you, mm. and you, and your mind is like, oh my God, how do I, where, mm. you know, but actually once you get into the structure of one of the programs, for example, or you start reading one of the books, um, your mind starts to settle into a rhythm that it can understand insights in sequences because that's what the mm. mind likes you know generally the mind feels at ease if it kind of is in a structure that it goes okay i can kind of live with it i can understand that there are stages to this mm. and you know and in a way what you're what we're doing is we're conning the mind <laughs> you know, we're, we're tricking the mind into feeling like yes there must be some structure to this um yeah. so that i can feel safe um mm. and 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 as it starts to feel safe then the rest of us starts to relax a bit and again we open up then that's where those some of those um you know higher fields become available to us because we are you know we're allowing our mind to go on a journey um mm. you know so in a way that's that's kind of a bit of a trick of the gene keys at one level is it, it keeps you keeps your mind occupied while um something else is happening mm -hmm. <laughs> that's more mysterious you know one mm -hmm. of those insights will come you know at a certain point um you know and many people experience this work or reading for instance the gene keys book or the, you know which is a big thick book that has mm -hmm. lots in it and people like <laughs> Deep contemplative journeyers love that book because they can kind of read this stuff uh, or open it at random and then read something and and then get an insight from that. And um, and and it because it has so many layers. But as you said, like it may look complex, mm. but it's the same thing written in different ways over and over and over again. Mm. 
Mm. So the principles are the same and they're very, very simple, you know, but it, yeah, the mind is, is a, it's a complicated creature. So <laughs> it requires um, a certain level of structure, I think. Mm. Um, I mean, there, there are different people's minds operate in different way, but I'm, I'm talking specifically about the left brain part of the mind, which mm. requires that certain structure so that it can feel at, at ease. If it's the right brain, and many people are more right, you know, women, for example, tend to be more right brain than men, then um, they won't require as much of that structure. And they can they can free range through ideas and things in a way that you know, I'm not just saying women, I'm saying the, mm. the right brain itself is much mm. more free range mm. um, and is 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 more in tune with wisdom than knowledge, you yeah. know, so so it can grasp things quicker. You know, because it, it's intuitive, so it, it can it can grasp entire concepts without having to work through all the mechanics of it. And the steps, you know. So, yeah, but the two together, working together, that's the ultimate. You know, and in a way, mm-hmm. that's what I try to create with the gene keys is is um, journeys for both sides of our being, mm-hmm. you know, so that yeah, we have a we have a kind of every, something for everyone. Mm. I will talk about the Gene Keys book in my last question, but my penultimate question for the day is about gentleness. There is no way I'm letting you out of here today without talking about gentleness because this has been um, a real edge for me personally Um, and it has been really yummy. It's, It's been really, really awesome to sort of just allow myself to embrace gentleness, especially with, and I'm just going to go there, um, with sort of the connotation of where society places young men, I feel, you know, um, at this real raw, like, like sort of edge. And I do embrace that sort of sun and lion (laughs) very, uh, very dearly within my being. Um, And yet noticing that there is this real invitation, as I, especially as I'm maturing, becoming a father, getting older, um, to realise that you not you can't burn the candle at both ends, but probably, yeah, and that there is a bit more equanimity to be walked with within life. Um, and this gentleness is really present for me right now. Um, I'll get you to unpack gentle, pardon me, I'll get you to unpack gentleness for us a little bit, please. Yeah. And how imp- and its importance in the way of this work well you know i i once asked a a dear friend of mine um i said you know he was in his 80s and i said what's it like being old (laughs) (laughs) and he said he said it's wonderful he said it's wonderful he said that the the benefits far outweigh the 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 negatives um he said that and i said what's the best benefit and he said i'm i'm so much easier on myself than i ever was you know, and I thought, oh, I felt so like warmed by hearing that. <laughs> and he said, you know, because humans were so hard on ourselves, yeah. on ourselves, we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. And so when I talk of gentleness, it's really the first kind of law of universal law of self-love is that mm. we have to, like I said earlier, we have to learn to be gentle with ourselves. Mm. And it's a discipline, actually, gentleness. Yeah. It's quite, it's a, gentleness is a kind of hard task. It's a strict, it's a strict discipline, actually. You know, it's one of those paradoxes, right? Because you've got to kind of keep remembering and just like, oh God, there I go again. 
Mm. And the other irony is that when you're really gentle with yourself, you can be quite fierce with others. Mm. Because sometimes your gentleness towards yourself requires you put up a boundary mm. towards someone who's behaving in a certain way towards you um, and not respecting you. Mm. And so gentleness is about finding our self-respect. So it, it often has the opposite effect, you know, than, than you might imagine. Mm -hmm. Because it's about standing up for oneself and standing in your truth. And the other side to it, of course, is that, you know, is that you can apply it, you know, in situations, um, in relationships. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 it is the great door opener, mm -hmm. right? It has to be genuine. And, you know, my, I was talking, you know, with my wife recently about, um, you know, you know, because I was I was going to go and talk to a group of parents, and I said, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know what to, what shall I say to them. <laughs> so like, They're all going to want advice from me. Yeah. I brought up three children, but I said, I don't know what. Hell I'm <laughs> <say."> <laughs> said just she said, um, she said, look, you know, it's a spectrum, isn't it? How you treat your how you treat your children. You know, you you either and it's it's this, it's paradox. It's, it's how mm. we treat ourselves. You know, you either you know you've got discipline on one side, and then you've got um, freedom on the other. Mm. And and it's a it's a line like if you've got to tread that line, but if you go too far one way, you kind of lose the child. They begin to wobble, you know, mm. or rebel, you know. Mm. So too much discipline, they rebel. Too much um, freedom without boundaries, and they just kind of drift and they mm. lose themselves. And 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 so you've got to have the the uh, the middle line. But she, but what my wife said is that the most important thing I ever learned is is that you want to kind of you want to you want to shift the dial more in the direction of freedom than it is in discipline. <laughs> you know, mm. That was such a great take. That was such a great yeah. tip. You know, she said, look, it's not a straight line, but yeah. if you want to be successful and you want to have a good life mm. and you want these children to grow up well, tip it a little bit more in the direction <laughs> of freedom, you know, because <laughs> you can't because, yeah. yes, you'll you know, if you tip too far in the discipline way, you're going to lose them. You know, mm. and and so it's you know it was for me it was like that wild balance that isn't quite in the middle, but mm. it actually it, you know it's like if you're gonna make a mistake, make that mistake. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah I love that. Uh, anyway, so that was uh, you know that what I've learned about gentleness is that it's better to be gentle than to be harsh, mm. even if it doesn't work, because then you can then you can then play at play the harsh one afterwards if you have to um yeah. it not not that you're going to be harsh but you might have to use a boundary in a certain mm. situation that you you know that you know you weren't before so it's always good to lean on the side of gentleness i feel mm. um but especially towards ourselves you know because it does open so many doors inside us and it can open many doors outside us as well um so yeah it's a great it's a great teaching i think yeah i feel so too there's i feel like we all have a an inner voice that's you know, left unchecked, pretty rampant for most of us. And um, especially left unchecked and left rampant, I think it sort of starts to focus on that survival mechanism more than that thrival mechanism for reasons beyond. Um, but I find, yeah, the gentleness piece gets me going, oh, and I'm and I'm playing that sort of, I'm beating myself with the anvil. And, I, and, and now, like, having worked with this for a, a long minute, <laughs> the art of contemplation, the the humor emerges in it on the other side of it there's this ah oh, 
I'm doing that thing again. <laughs> Just like, there you are, you old tyrant. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> and I can actually laugh and that evokes me into more softening and more gentleness. And it's this, this really beautiful practice. And yeah, it really is a really warm and fuzzy invitation. And like you said, a door opener into many, it's just a whole new way of being with yourself. Um, when you realize how much time and energy is spent with the inner narrative and allow and just keeping the intention of gentleness alive and gentleness alive and just contemplating gentleness. So that leads me to my last question, uh, which today is about, we've talked a little bit about challenges emerging in our lives, things that we're inspired by to sort of pull that into our contemplative practice, into our contemplative way, into our way of contemplation. Um, but then we also have what the Gene Keys offer up as a hologenetic profile. So how does the hologenetic profile, how do we use, obviously I'm familiar with it, so how would you prescribe even just having one sort of key as a particular key for us? How do you weave that in with the art of contemplation? What is the the role and the job of the hologenetic profile there? What is it? What is it doing? And I think that would sort of segue into those that are tuning in being excited to check out their hologenetic profile. Sure. Yeah. And I'm aware also we've gone on a long time, so I want to be kind of compassionate towards <laughs> the audience. Who, Thank you. You know, um, so yeah, I think, you know, that's a whole new arena, but uh, you could go to genekeys.com and, mm. uh, and get your free profile and you'll see, you'll have this, this profile that has all these words in it. And, and there's also a slider in there that's quite funny at the bottom and you'll see and, and buttons you can switch on and off and you'll see shadow and and gift and then another word called siddhi mm. siddhi is a, is a sanskrit word meaning divine gift right mm. and so you have all these layers of words in different bands and you can turn them on and off so they're for you to contemplate about yourself in your journey through working with the gene keys and ideally you would um enter one of the programs that guides you step by step through one of these journeys right mm -hmm. the first one is about purpose the second one is about love and the third one is about prosperity mm -hmm. and and so you could take one of those journeys and and go into your keys and it's a it's a wonderful journey and you could do the online program or one of our live retreats and 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 you explore all those keys and what they mean for you you know and that's a journey that's a that's a month months long journey you know mm -hmm. in some cases years Mm -hmm. because it, you've got to unpick those words you got to understand them you understand the keys and how they work and how to apply them to your life and that's contemplation is the key contemplation is you know you you take all this language of the gene keys and then you begin to contemplate it mm -hmm. but for the sake of just finishing this um mm -hmm. today a nice thing that you could do if you're listening to this is just maybe pick one of those keys Mm -hmm. anyone you like really doesn't matter which one one of those words and i suggest picking one of the words that sounds really nice not one of the shadow ones so mm -hmm. pick one of those city words one of those higher words or a word that you feel really like you can relate to might be compassion mm -hmm. might be you know delight might be you know devote devotion or you know whatever it is you pick one and then you take that word and take it home with you you know, uh, take it and put it inside your heart. Take it like a homeopathic pill and just let it just dissolve inside you. Because if that word is there in your profile, then that word is somewhere inside you. It represents a quality of somewhere, of something in your DNA embedded in you at birth, you know. And so it's an algorithm. It's one of those things that's waiting to be awakened. 
So take it away and just contemplate it for, for just maybe do a week, you know, just keep, give yourself a, don't be too hard on yourself. Just say, okay, for a week. And maybe you take that word and you write it on your bathroom mirror or on your desk and somewhere. And you just go, that's the word I'm going to contemplate for this week. And I'm going to contemplate me being that word this <sighs> week. And I tell you, you will have an extraordinary week. You really will. You know, because you'll come and you'll forget about it, but it'll be in the back of your consciousness and it'll keep coming back. And you'll be like compassion. Oh yeah. And there it is again. It pops up and you'll see it'll pop up, yeah. you know, and, and it'll pop up as a theme possibly mm-hmm. for you, you know, and, and you may need it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because something might come up and you may really need to go into the, to that word and realize that word is a portal into some, some incredible quality that you are, that is part of your purpose for being here. And, and that's a very simple way of beginning a journey with the gene keys and then you could you know embark on one of the programs which is a more structured way into your keys and your words and really understanding them in depth and how they can help you and and even the shadows how you can begin to see them in a new light and use their energy to give you uplift instead of letting them drag you down you know that's the nature that's what it's all about really so um yeah a little bit of homework bit of fun (laughs) hope you enjoy that Guys, I'm going to put a link to, like I said throughout the episode, a uh, link to how to get your hologenic profile in the show notes below. Richard, I <laughs> I could thank you for your time here today, but honestly, I'd love to just acknowledge just the lifetime's work that's gone into you being able to inform this conversation, the body of work that you offer us so humbly, so gracefully. Really, really appreciate you and your walk in life. Thank you so much for everything, including this conversation. <laughs> Well, thank you, Amra. It's a pleasure to be here and to meet you and to feel your delightful energy. So it's really great. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 